is Gutterball. The Lebowski Deepcast. It does kind of remind me of like the line art of Picasso. In each episode, Brad and Adam discuss a single minute of The Big Lebowski. Why don't we keep the whole million? Providing insight. This reminds me of uh, Walmart.horse. Commentary. Don't puff your chest out all hot saucily. And conjecture. The Supreme Court has <laughs> roundly rejected prior <laughs> restraint. And now, Gutterball. Hi, Adam. Hello, Brad. How are you? I'm good. It's good to hear your voice. I've been really excited about this. We've got a lot to cover in this episode. It's a big, big episode. Things are coming. It's a big minute. Things are coming to a head here. I know. It's all starting to fall into place, and maybe it kind of does make sense. Well, that's up for debate. (laughs) I don't know about that. I've been looking at it and listening to it. I'm not sure if it makes sense. All right. Yeah, well, this is perfect time for us to unravel it together. All right. Well, do you want to play the minute then? Uh, maybe. Should we revisit first? Oh, shit. We got revisits. Yes. Sorry. I was trying to, like, I got greedy about, like, setting a new precedent for playing the minute really, right. really early in the Well, episode. let's blow through some uh, revisits pretty quickly. Well, we didn't and really then do that. Let's try to keep let's we'll set a new precedent. All right, let's do that. Just lightning round. Go. Um we didn't really talk about the Babadook too no, much. No, we were that was on deck to talk about last week. And we didn't mention it even? And I don't know. It's I can't keep tell. track of what we mentioned or didn't mention. What do, I'm not some kind of human encyclopedia that remembers what I talked about. That's disappointing. Yeah. We really need one of those for this show. We need some interns, man. Definitely. Anybody uh, if out you're there? Interested in right. interning? <laughs> Just look us up. Go to our website, gutterballs.tv. <laughs> I'm trying to pimp it, man. Gutterballs.tv. There's a contact form there. If you want to be our intern, you can just drop us a line. Uh, of course, while you're there, you'll also notice we have links to our Facebook, our Twitter, follow us on our, and our Tumblr. Follow us on your social media platform of choice. Uh, and you can also find us there on iTunes. Makes it easy to subscribe if you're on uh, Apple products. And while you're there, you could always leave us a review in iTunes. We always love to read those uh, iTunes reviews. We have mostly good reviews and one horrible review. Although the person, not really a review, but a rating, they didn't leave a review. Well, what about the the review that just said bullshit? Well, I have still not found that, have you? Yeah, I thought we did, didn't we? I never found it. I where, thought, well, where does it we live? talk about it? We talked, we talked about, about it, but I haven't seen it. Maybe it got cleaned up or something. I don't know. Oh, oh because well. they used a bad word? We'll have to follow this no, up they next week. Delete like that's a legitimate review. Yeah, but I don't know. I just thought it was there. I didn't know that it wasn't there. I haven't seen it. But you know, it was pretty uh <laughs> Maybe Carl Spackler could hit us up and tell us where he saw that. Was it him that said that? He's the one who brought that to our attention. Yeah, I don't know. I can't keep track. Here's well, what we're gonna you know do. how that guy is. Sometimes he plays a little fast and loose with the details. 
I'm pretty sure I saw that also, but maybe I just, I have such a vivid imagination. You know, when people say something, you insert it into your own recollection brain and there's no way to know yeah if that happened here or not so kind of like my brother inserted the uh ufo story into his own brain but right. he wasn't there right so i think that's sort of what you did there but in any case look us up gutterballs.tv that was a good job you just did there pimping it right off the bat i'm, I'm, I'm getting better what can i say somebody might actually hear it <laughs> this time <laughs> Nice work, man. You're a ah, professional, hey. dude. Hey, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. You, so how about this Babadook? You grows business? up and you grows up. You're all grows up. Well, the Babadook. So, shit. We talked about it. I know we talked about it a long time ago on this podcast when I saw it. Probably, I think, around like Christmas time. Right. Maybe Thanksgiving. Between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Somewhere yeah, in there. Yeah, Thanksgiving or Christmas, I saw that. Because I remember I was at home. I was at my brother's house for a holiday. And we had watched it late at night. Right. And, um, yeah, it was good. And I came back and I was like, oh, you got to see this. And you're like, well, you, why did you mention that as soon as I said Von Trier? Now I'm never going to watch it. Right. <laughs> well, was, was, that was you, that's what you said, right? Is that because, what I said? <laughs> yes. Because you, know, <laughs> you mentioned, yes, that's how it went down. Because this all the, is making sense now. Yeah, the director of this film, Jennifer Kent. I hope I get that right. Yeah, that's I'm going about to, right. She um, worked with Von Trier on some films. She wrote him a note saying a letter. Yeah, don't just say like she worked on some films. Like you got to go into how yeah. it went down. It's well, amazing. she wrote him a letter saying, "I want to." make films and i love your films so well, can you rewind a little bit though she was an actress for like what like 20 years 15 years basically just an actress just an actress i like how you say that i just mean like on one side of the camera and she's like this is bullshit i want to get on the other side of There's the camera the bullshit again which bullshit well there was a review that said bullshit Oh, yeah. Well, you know. Maybe Jennifer Kent left that review because she heard us talking about Babadook last time and I, I heard we, you say, like, well, I'm never going to watch that. Well, maybe. But, that's you know, probably true. Jennifer, he did see it and he loved it. She's not listening anymore. We already alienated her. All I'm saying is, like, I went through a similar evolution where I was in theater and in front of the camera and I'm like, this is bullshit. I hate this. I want to be behind the camera. I want to make the things not be, be the thing, you know, but she had a successful career as an actress. Like she was doing pretty good. And it's like, eh, you know what? This sucks. I want to make movies, not be in movies that. So I just wanted to establish that, okay. you know, her past, sure. you know, sure. Set set the stage. Get some context here. Please continue. I think it's important. All right. So she writes Von Schreer a letter saying, I want to be behind the camera. Can you? And I, I don't want to go to film school. Because that sounds like an oxymoron. Herzog would have a lot to say about that. Yes. Could you? Uh, how, can you help me out? And so he said, sure. Come over. Be, be my assistant as I make my next film. Let's just think about that for a fucking second. You actually, what were the words, Brad? The words. How do you write a letter to, that'd be like me writing David Lynch a letter and saying, 
Hey, man, can I come and, like, help you out? And he would say yes. <laughs> that would never happen. I don't know, Mike. Ah. You got to be open to the possibilities, my I friend. Yes, I guess. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah, how do you know if you don't do it? True. No True one probably does that shit. I don't know. I know a couple of people who have done that shit. But now the, well, now the cat's out of the bag. Not so while ago. Before this this uh, Jennifer Lars shit went down. It didn't work out for them. But they're, they didn't use the right words. They didn't have the right tone. They didn't have the right voice. Right. It didn't, it didn't arrive at the object of their admiration on just the day when they were just unstable enough to be like, sure. To say yes, to get that yes. Yeah, there's a lot of things in play probably, there. They're like, you know, I'm probably going to be dead in a week anyway. Might as well say yes to this person. Or, you know what? I don't think that's it. You, you know, you blame me for this a lot, but I think you're taking a negative tack there. But I think it's more about you. You have to already be kind of an awesome person to pull that off. Like to write a letter to Lars or David Lynch write a letter convincing enough that they're like, yep, you know what? This is going to be great. I am going to have this person come work with me. They convinced me. You already have to be awesome. My point is Jennifer was already awesome. Yeah, well, she was already worked in the biz. Right, the biz. So that she already had around it. So. Wait, did you put dick quotes around biz or not? I didn't. I can't. No, you didn't. That was kind of a. Legit biz there. You did. It's a okay. legit biz. All right. Yeah. But anyway, Babadook. Babadook. It's a good movie. So Babadook. Disturbing is it in the, all the right ways. Is it The Babadook or just Babadook? I'm going to say it's The Babadook. I feel like it's The Babadook. But yes, disturbing in all the right ways. Um, the movie builds and creates like this existential horror and terror without showing too much, which is, you know, it's more like an alien type, like a Ridley Scott alien type movie instead of like a movie I haven't seen, like The Descent or something where they go into a cave and I guess there's aliens raging around. You see too much, you know? She doesn't show too much. It's got definite elements of Von Trier in it where it's this, like, Almost like soul-crushing sorrow. Right. The like main pervading. character dealing with Ugh. such depression and mental illness. It's, uh, right, it just, it's crushing. But a, it's not, I'm not sure wh- why it's different, but, like, her vision of the Babadook, I didn't have as big a problem with as Von Trier's stuff. It's yeah. not like, I guess like, I, f- I feel like Von Trier goes for sh- some shock value, and the Babadook had very little shock value, and it was just this slow burn of terror, and it really just put you into a place, mood-based, mm-hmm. like Lynch, you know? He's all mood-based. He doesn't have too much, like, in-your-face shock. Right. He creates a world that's very uncomfortable to live in. And she even mentioned that, like, while they were shooting, she was thinking about 
Lynch's movies and like that was really influencing her production. Not necessarily the writing, I don't know, maybe, but mm-hmm. like the production was very Lynchian. Yeah. But I mean, there's obviously Von Trier shit in there, but it's just, I don't know, I respond a lot, like a lot better to her stuff than right. Von Trier's. I just, hers is like, uh, if it's okay, Babadook is like if, uh, Lars Von Trier. If Lars Von Trier was to make a family film. <laughs> right, you'd have right, the right. Babadook right right <laughs> you know it's a, a playful little romp for a 90 minute playful romp right still about soul crushing depression but it has you know the the kid is a character so it has the mom and kid child element that's kind of like appeals to a family dynamic and uh you know leaves you know the genital mutilation out of it well, and I just feel like there there were redeeming qualities to her film, and Von Trier doesn't have any of that. I can't find one redeeming quality. I've seen two of his movies, and there's nothing redeeming about them. This is something that you told me long, long ago. Lynch is obsessed with happy endings, and while I don't think that's entirely accurate, there is some merit to that. He does like happiness. You have to balance the happiness with the horror and the terribleness. And I feel like Von Trier just goes all terrible all the time. It's so terrible that there's no, it's almost like, you know, that uh, trite kind of explanation of how, oh, well, you need the terrible stuff. So then you could feel happy. Like there's two sides of the same coin. You can't have one without the other. But like Von Trier is trying to have his cake and eat it too, by just making it all sad and depressing and terrible. And that's not something that I want to subject myself to that much. (laughs) But Jennifer did a fantastic job of balancing the terrible with the human elements. You know, the, you know, the kid had his time. Are you already yawning? Did I just hear you yawn? That was a minor yawn. Sorry. Just escaped out of there. Man. We have a lot of ground to cover. I know. Well, I don't want to dwell on this, but uh, The Babadook, one of my favorite movies that I've seen. In the last couple of years, probably. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, good movie. Definitely good movie. movie. Recommend everyone check it out. The Babadook. The Babadook. We should put it in the show notes. Um, We'll we'll try to put it in there. But yeah, but... the the, the Emphasis on the try. (laughs) The slow developing horror. And I was watching it in bed. We have blackout (laughs) curtains, so it's pitch black. It's like two o'clock in the morning. I can't fall asleep. So I just have headphones on on my phone and I'm watching it right in front of my face. And like my hackles are going up and I'm feeling the like the sinking feeling in my chest like this is awful. And then there's a point in the movie where it really gets awful. And right at that time, my wife rolls over and grabs me on the arm and says, was that a door? (laughs) (laughs) And I swear to shit, a little <laughs> shit came out of my anus. <laughs> what are you talking about? But then I had to get up out of the bed and like walk through the dark bedroom and go check to make sure everything was okay. It was, I, it just added to the experience. Let's put it that way. My wife's name is Leslie. You might know her. I think we can move on from the Babadook. Go ahead and Let's. watch it. It's pretty good. Um, we didn't try dialing this number, did we? Soapcheck Securities phone right, number. Right, we talked about this. So Subcheck Security 
You 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 keep linking it up here to the Pensacola Lebowski. Yeah, it's Pensacola Lebowski page. Pensacola Lebowski, right? Pensacolabowski dot com, which I guess is a Pensacola based Lebowski fest type thing. Yes, um, but on their contact page, they put their phone number in as this two one three number that's written on the side of the van. It's weird, Walter's right? van. So they just kind of, you know, it's an inside Lebowski reference. I guess they didn't want to put their actual phone number. I forget where this number actually goes. I think I tried calling it. Did I? I don't think you did. Well. I do have a sinking suspicion we may have the first 15 minutes of this podcast, this episode, we talked about the Babadook. And as we continue to go through it, I got more and more afraid that we talked about that entire thing last week. Probably. But we did not talk about this. You did not dial the number, at least. I know that. I'm pretty sure I would remember that. Well, I'm dialing it now, so let's see what happens. All right. Probably be. We'll see what happens. This number is not in use. Thank you for calling. Goodbye. That's what you get. So. So that's what happened. That's what happened. I just or that did was it. just okay. I don't know if that was your predictive. Nope. Te- or, I just okay. did it. Yeah. Well, they're you know whoever. No one's gonna have that number. <laughs> no, because all know. these Lebowski podcasters calling them day after day. Right. Could you imagine it? It's a part-time job to have to deflect people. It would send you into a Von Trier level <laughs> sorrow. Existential depression. Yeah. All right. Another revisit, because this doesn't happen this minute, but we have, um, I have written down here, Dafino's cold breathiness. This is at 9440. Okay. There's a slight possibility I'll get a screen cap of this. Maybe we can link to it. But um, the reverse shot, so it's we're seeing the dude and we're behind Dafino when they're having their back and forth out there mm-hmm. on the street. It's cold enough that Dafino, his breath is, you can see it. It's misting. <sighs> like it's cold. Does L.A. get cold enough to have like cold breathiness? That's a good question. Because there it is. I mean, I can't imagine a scenario where they would digitally insert cold breathiness. Can you? Yeah, that cold breathiness, you can barely tell. But it must be fucking cold. And if you think, well, what, this movie came out in, when was it released? 98, but do we know what month? Um, what month it was released? March 6th. Yeah. So it's possible they could have been filming some of this in like, boy, that seems like a stretch to be filming in October, November, and it's released on March 6th. You're going to edit this in like three months, four months. Well, unless it was filmed a whole year beforehand. Wow. I mean, maybe. I mean, it's this here Yahoo and this here Yahoo Answers from seven years ago says every once in a while, usually in December, January, February, the temperature will go down into the 30s, but it doesn't stay there very long. Right, but that starts in November. There's no way they were filming in November and releasing in March. Probably correct. 
I mean, unless, yeah, probably correct. Because the average temperature in October in Los Angeles is 58.7. I would say maybe, maybe they could have possibly been shooting in October, but no later than that. And is it possible that the temperature went down into the 30s in October? I don't know. Just a curiosity. Well, you never know. I mean, it could have been because sometimes they make these movies and shelve them for a year. So it really could have been shot any time. I'm pretty sure it was shot in 97. I think we've been over this. Maybe not over it, but I've I've looked at this. The production calendar. Well, sure. Is it was available. shot in 97. So your point might be correct. Maybe they shot it in like... The production went from January to April 1997. Well, actually, you have a lot of months there where it could have dipped down into the 30s. Yeah, that's according to uh, Wikipedia under the principal photography section. Okay. And they're generally in the ballpark, so yeah. Not usually, almost exclusively the post-production takes exponentially longer than the production. Right. Because the production is much more expensive. There's more people on set doing more jobs, blah, blah, blah. And post is, you know, you can kind of contain those costs. Got your editor, got your sound mixers, whatever, whoever else, your visual effects people. Okay. Well, also, you know, they filmed this movie and it could have originally been scheduled for who knows what kind of a release, right? A fall release. And they're like, oh, wait, fall's no good because these other movies they'll make has a better chance marketing and wise if we launch in March. Let's move it to March. Although that doesn't make any sense. Like for Oscar bait, don't they try to release as close to the end of the year as possible? Well, so maybe they fresh. are like, this movie is not Oscar bait. They're like, there's no way this movie is winning an Oscar. We're going to let these other movies go out there. And we'll take our time and make it how we want to make it. Or, or it's, or I don't even think it's a take our time. I don't think this is like the Coen brothers doing this. this is like the studio or the distributor being like, okay, when, when are we going to put this out there? You know, it's all, it's all, it's total. This is like total business politics. So it has nothing to do with the, the creative process or the, or the emotions or feelings of the, the directors. Hmm. I feel like the answers are in the textbook that I read, but immediately forgot everything that I read. They talked about this. They talked about sound design. They talked about the editing. I think the answers are out there, Brad. The truth is out there. The truth is out there. But that's not our job, really. Our job is to just ask the questions. Right? Sure. (laughs) We'll spend this time formulating some questions, answers. That's a whole other department. Uh, The only other revisit I have, I kind of know what it is, but I'm just going to read off the link and then we can move on. Can I read off the link? Sure. Go for it. HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash rare Bible dot WordPress dot com forward slash two zero zero nine forward slash zero six zero six. That's not two zero sixes. I was just correcting the first zero six because I said zero six, which isn't a word 
forward slash zero seven forward slash rape hyphen circumcision hyphen and hyphen mass hyphen murder forward slash. Okay, then. And now we can move on. Let's just move on. Let's play the minute. Here we go. She has lingonberry pancakes. Oh man, when I start with Pfannkuchen and Bremen, then. Yeah, yeah, what is that, man? It's not that better. There's richtige butter dran. Nicht so ein scheiß Pfannkuchen. I mean, we totally fucked it up, man. We fucked up this payoff. We got the kidnappers all pissed off at us. And Lebowski, you know, he yelled at me a lot, but he didn't do anything, huh? Sometimes it's a cathartic. Uh, no, no, I'm saying that if he knows I'm a fuck up, why does he leave me in charge of getting his wife back? Because he doesn't fucking want her back, man. He's had enough. He no longer digs her. It's all a show. Oh, okay, but then why doesn't he give a shit about his million bucks? I, I mean, he knows we never handed off his briefcase, but he never asked for it back. The million bucks was never in the briefcase. The briefcase was fucking empty, man. Was hoping that they would kill her. You threw out a ringer for a ringer. <laughs> you threw a ringer for a ringer. That's a ringer one. for a ringer. It all it all makes sense now. Did you, say, did you say ring ringer 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 ringer? It's not a ringer. R- ringer ringer. I thought the G was <laughs> silent. Here, okay. I do have a problem with this sometimes. I have okay. a, I have some speech impediments. For instance, it's difficult for me to pronounce words that start with the letter L. Okay. Love. <laughs> Let me try. Love. Love. That was pretty good, actually. That was, that was all right. I had to really try. I. But if I don't concentrate on it, I say I love you. I love you. It's like my tongue doesn't touch the roof of my mouth enough or like the back of my front teeth enough. Okay, okay. I love that. <laughs> you hear that little little gurgle well, there? I, I, I do, I do. I love it. That's fascinating. I never quite noticed it before, but now that you pointed it out, yeah, that's pretty pronounced. Yep. That's why I don't say the word, the L word too much. <laughs> I do. I Got try it. to say it a lot, but you know, you text it a lot. Man. I like it. <laughs> it's bad. It's embarrassing. So I have to work on it. And if I really try, I like I I like that. Then it sounds weird. I like that. Is that okay? I like that. I love that. But it sounds like I'm trying, doesn't it? You, I can hear the strain. Yeah. In your voice. Yeah. So so try this ringer again. You threw a ringer for a ringer. Yeah. That was okay. No, that worked. That's fine. A ringer. There's a production company we work with who does some work f- for my company sometimes. And they're. I'm just going to spell the name of it because I don't like to say it out loud. But it's spelled okay. H-E-N-N-I-N-G-E-R. Would it be more helpful if I spelled it out here somewhere where you could look at it? Just go again. It's slower. H-E-N-N-I-N-G-E-R. 
Henninger. Say it again. Henninger. See, you got a little chortle there. Say it again. Henninger. Henninger. Well, which one is it? I guess I don't know. Neither do I. I would say Henninger, but I I see your dilemma. I like Henninger. That's how I would prefer it, but then it's got the I-N-G in there. Henning, Henninger. It gets a little dicey there, Brad. Yeah, I got it. Henning, Henninger. Mm-hmm. It's tough. Henninger. Mm-hmm. Henninger. Henninger. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. It's a bad, but that's, it's the guy's last name, so you can't really tell him to change it. Henning, Henninger. 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 That's all. Ringer. Henninger. I get a little caught up back there. You threw out a ringer for a ringer. All right. Right. You wouldn't say that. No. Ringer. Ringer. You just say ringer. Henninger. Henninger is how it should be. Henninger. Mm-hmm. Just eliminate the E-R. Henning. Right? Henning. Mm-hmm. Henninger. That's mm-hmm. how it should be. But nobody pronounces it like that. Henninger. That's easy. Everybody can get along. But no. It's like Henninger. 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 It's like they start to pronounce that G, which should be the uh, I-N-G, whatever that, there's a word for it. Diphthong. Is it a diphthong? I'm not sure. That sounds good. Dangling modifier. <laughs> no, it might be a diphthong. It sounds good to it's me. It's a smooth diphthong. Is it a smooth diphthong or a hard diphthong? Henninger or Henninger? That's the question. But people go both ways with it, and I never, so I do Maltese don't. diphthong. <laughs> Maltese diphthong. All right, let's move on from... Let's move on. The H. Sure, because we do have a, lot, we have a lot to cover. We do. We do. So, okay. Yeah. So here's the thing that I guess still confuses me. Okay. No, it doesn't confuse me, but just the point the dude does not address here. Okay. So the titular Lebowski does get a ransom note. He does. Someone has theoretically kidnapped Bunny. For as far as the titular Lebowski knows. Well, as far as the audience knows, right? But I'm going to say as far as the that Lebowski knows also. Okay, okay. Although it does make him less dastardly. Because the dude is just saying, like, yeah, he didn't want her. Oh, you just hope they killed her. Versus... He created That is pretty her. harsh. Versus, like, well, he knows she's not kidnapped. This is just a stupid nihilist prank. But I'll take it seriously in order to embezzle a million dollars. Wait, which is less dastardly again? I think the first one you said is more dastardly. And the second one where he created the note, because you remember we talked about him. Right, right, right. No, I'm saying the one where he actually openly is just kind of hoping Bunny will be murdered is That's more dastardly. More dastardly, right. Definitely more dastardly. Instead when, once of- you throw murder in whether or not it's just like murder in the sense that I'm not going to try to prevent someone from being murdered. Especially if it's in your power to do so. Right. 
um, versus, yes, versus just embezzling a million dollars. I think anytime you throw murder into the hopper, it gets a little more dastardly. Murder in the hopper. You know, without a doubt. I am going to... I still don't know. See, I had this way down there on the list, but I still don't know what's going on. And Carl Spackler can claim he's got it all figured out, but I still don't know exactly what's going on in this movie. And again, it doesn't matter, but I don't know who knows what and how much they know and it's not when they knew it. completely clear. It's, it's not. It's clear that... He- Walter threw out a ringer for a ringer. That much is clear. That much is clear now. It's clear that the titular Lebowski wanted to embezzle a million dollars. And for all we know, did in fact embezzle a million dollars. Because Maud is like, we're missing a million dollars. Well, a million dollars is definitely missing, whether or not he embezzled it. Well, I guess... Depending on your definition of the word embezzle. Like, yes, I, I guess think that's fine. a pretty clear definition. Well, I'm going to say whether or not he sincerely took the money to pay the kidnappers or took the money and then gave a ringer. In either case, the million dollars would be missing. So even if, you know, the there really was a kidnapping and, and the big Lebowski was totally legit in this whole thing, there would still be the million dollars missing. Whether or not he took the million dollars to actually give it to the kidnappers or keep it for himself, either way, both of those options are embezzlement. Are they not? Sure, sure. I'll go with that. Yes, yes, so, yes, yes. So, yes, he has... A, Which is why I needed to clarify at great lengths what I actually meant. Right, okay. But either way, whether his motives are a little more pure or a little more dastardly, like, he still embezzled the money. He's not using it to promote the uh, mission of the Little Lebowski Urban Achievers. He's using it for his own purposes. Whether that's yes. to keep it for himself or get his wife back, he still embezzled it. Right? I guess. I don't know. What I do you mean, mean, you guess? Like, he took it... It's not his to well, take. I'll tell you what. It's, yes, he took money that's not his to take. I think the word... You want to say stealing? It's embezzlement. He's in charge of... Yeah, nominally fine. in charge, and he took money and used it fine. for a purpose. It's embezzlement. That not, it's I embezzlement. Was hung up on the on the legal definition of embezzlement, but yeah, you know, you're right. This would be embezzlement. Okay, so we can agree on. I'm not sure what we agree on anymore. <laughs> there was some embezzlement going on, and because we don't agree on whether or not he actually thought Bunny was kidnapped. We don't know that. We can't know that. I think... Well, the dude's explanation, if we take it at face value, not we, that we need to. We don't need although to. Although I feel like the dude try. explaining it here, like for the purposes of storytelling... It's a convention of storytelling, so we need to take it at least initially on face value. He's just saying, okay, because they're doing the whole little cutaways. Right. Which, granted, this whole thing takes place from the dude's point of view... We've made that big point of that, right. except for the lingonberry pancakes. I think it's a stretch that his van is out there. That's, that's bullshit. That's a stretch. That's a stretch. So maybe that's because like these little flashbacks to Bunny, More you know, reading talk. a magazine and stuff, and the 
Tish Lebowski putting phone books in a suitcase. Like those are all. So those could just be in the dude's mind. Or are we supposed to think this is now the like omniscient viewpoint of the filmmaker showing us now flashbacks to these things that happened until I watch it over and over and hyperanalyze it. I'm, I'm of the opinion that this is supposed to be omniscient point of view. And this is what actually happened. And it's like, holy shit. After all this time with a dude bumbling and stumbling around, he's mm-hmm. finally like honed in on a couple right. of nuggets no. of truth. And here they are. Yeah, no, I would agree. And I would agree that the dude's explanation of this is, is supposed to serve for the purposes of this story. The explanation right. of what happened, like at the end of a Scooby Doo, when, the gang explains what really happened. It wasn't a ghost, but it was so-and-so trying to make the land seem haunted so he could buy it for dirt cheap. And And here's how he did all his tricks. I would have got away with it except for you meddling kids. Exactly. So that happens. Okay. But we've spent this entire podcast almost three years now saying like the Dude is like fatally flawed in his logic because he's adhering to a strict drug regimen. So now all of a sudden we're taking we've assumed up to this point that it's from his point of view. So why would we assume as just an audience watching this movie that all of a sudden he's correct? I agree with you on the storytelling point and the Coen brothers are doing this. But like, is there a contradiction? Not a contradiction, but like. Is that, that there's some dissonance there? Well, it's similar, I think. So to go back to my Scooby Doo analogy, right? Like, Let's there's definitely a go chance. Back to your Scooby Doo analogy. <laughs> there's a chance that they get. You're some telling of it me wrong. there's a chance. <laughs> there's Who's a chance. They? You know, Shaggy, he's a very dude-like guy, anyway. Totally. He's smoking some dubs. <laughs> Always. Know? He's, he's always looking thing. for some Scooby snacks. You know, yeah. he's got some snacks around. You know, he's smoking and drinking, drinking and smoking. Like, that's what he's doing. And uh, so, you know, there's a chance, right, that they're not right. Granted, they're right maybe in the broad strokes. Yes, there wasn't a ghost. It was really old man McNulty, and he wanted to buy the land dirt cheap. Some of these details may or may not, but there's never like a point in the story to like say like, oh, wait a minute. We don't know. There's some uncertainty, right? I feel like filmically they would give some hint of that. Like, like at the end, it would say the end, but with a question mark, right? This, it doesn't do that. Yeah. Okay. That see, that's fucking interesting, man, because. This is great. I wrote down here, There's, I have some visual and audio notes here, and this is, much to my surprise, going to support your theory. I think you're right. I think this is supposed to, like, be the little, like, wrap-up, like, blah, the light shines down from the heavens. He's finally got it fucking yeah. figured out. And it's interesting because, as the dude's explaining it to Walter, they're you know, we're back in a fucking car and I, I like found myself like examining the background and looking at like the uh, translucent windows. So you can't see what's going on out the back. And like, I just couldn't bring myself to do that too much anymore because we spent so much time in the car 
in uh, Simi Valley Road territory right. and over the. I just couldn't do Granted, it. Too a different much. car, different car, but like there, it's probably on the same sound stage, and I just. I have a little bit, but I'm, I don't think I'm going to get into it. I just don't care that much. I don't think the street light reflecting on the window is actually a street light. It's going too slow, and it's not the right shape. And you can kind of see some. What well, I just uh, whatever, whatever. So there and there, I, where was I? I don't even remember now. Jesus, now I'm just thinking about the. Yeah, there's no way they're obviously on a sound stage. Oh fuck. I even crossed, I just deleted it. I didn't want to talk about it. And now here I am. I'm getting all caught up. <sighs> the streetlight moves so slowly, though, Brad. When you're seeing the dude talking <laughs> in the van, and it's like, first of all, there's not enough streetlights. Second of all, when you see the reflection of the streetlight, it, to me at least, it looks clearly like some sort of um, fixture that they have on some moving thing and they move it instead of the car moving. It's all relative, Mm -hmm. right? Instead of the car moving, they're moving the light. But it's going so slow, they're driving like 8 or 10 miles per hour. Because if you're driving at even 30 miles an hour, let alone 40 or 50, like the reflection of a light on the windshield would go pew! It would just be like two frames, but that wouldn't be effective from a storytelling perspective. So it has uh-huh. to be slow. Like, ooh, well, just, you know, it's unclear. I mean, he could be driving slow. He could be like pulling out of an intersection, something like that. He's not. He's just there driving. But anyway, my point was, as the dude is explaining his theory, which we're assuming for now at least is a correct one to Walter. Mm-hmm. We start to go into these flashbacks, not even flashbacks. I don't know what they are like projections. Maybe is that a better word of what the dude thinks? Well, again, that was that's the that's the that's uh, the crux of the issue. Yeah, are these flashbacks or are these just the dude's imagination? Are we seeing the dude's imagination come to life? Um, or the or filmmaker showing us what actually happened what actually to support happened. what like, he's what's the point of view? Is, yeah, right. I mean, because again, it's like like Tarantino, right, has done that a lot, where it's like someone's telling a story and it's being like acted out on this, you know, acted out for us, being displayed. Yet it's not what's actually happening, right? It's clearly not happening. It's just a theoretical scenario that they're running through, and you're seeing it dramatized that's the right. word i was looking for Dram- good good word i like that word and then so you see in the dramatization how it all goes to shit and they're like wait wait no 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 we're not gonna do it that way let's do this way then they'll, right? maybe they'll rewind and somebody else will tell the story a different way and then you'll see all those flash forwards or, or whatever dramatizations and it'll be a little different yes but we're only seeing it from the dude's point of view because it's a film noir and it's all from his perspective so, and they've gone through such lengths with the audio to make Unless, it from his point of view. Is the lingonberry pancakes? Is that the little? Uh, is that were they like? That's the red the, herring. Were, were the Cohen brothers like? Okay, well, he's explaining this. We're showing this, but it's not from his point of view. But people are going to think it is, that it is. Okay, if we put in this, it's like a message to us. Look, the lingonberry pancakes weren't from his point of view. So we're allowed to have 
And again, that scene is inserted for the exact same reason these flashbacks are, just to illuminate this plot. Right. Right, of course, because there's the toe. Because it has to show the toe. And Peter Stormare finally got his pancakes. Yes. But mainly the toe. In Fargo, he wanted pancakes. Never got him. He gets him now. He gets him now. Um, I I want to go back to the diner scene for a little bit, but first I want to finish my thought. I got caught up in the lights reflected in the windshield, and I'm sorry. I just you tried to stay away, but you just couldn't, I tried. You couldn't it just do drags it. me. You know, just when I think I'm out, it pulls the me back in. Surfaces they drag you in. You're back in there ref- reflecting. There is an example of you not being privy to the human consciousness stew. It's Godfather 2, man. No, I'm no, sorry. No, I know that. Okay, do you? I know that. It's not actually, that I know the movie, I know that, I mean, that's so off-quoted. It's actually Godfather 3. Is it? See, I didn't know that. I just assumed it was Godfather 1, actually. It's but. the shittiest Godfather, but still, you know, if Godfather 1 and 2 didn't exist, it would be an okay movie. Okay. It's like, you dirty rat, you killed my brother. Back to the Future 2. I don't know where the hell that's from. Is that an actual quote from something? I don't know. That's the quote-unquote James Cagney impersonation. You dirty rat. Oh, that. Oh, I know that. I kind of know that. That you'd see that. Like, so growing up... I have no idea where that's from. I saw that in so many things, right? It was in tons of things. Listen, it's okay if one of us knows where a thing is from, but now we're both here, like... Well, I just think it's fascinating, right? The cultural references <laughs> that, you know, again, growing up, that was a thing that I heard repeated all the time. Oh, it was in Laverne and Shirley and it was in Cheers and it was in Scooby-Doo. Like it was just in all sorts of things. I hung out with the big ragu for a little bit. There you go. Eddie Mecca. It's Did he do connected. his uh, James Cagney impersonation for you? None of us had the cojones to ask him mm. to do it. Yeah. But, but, you know, it's probably a similar thing, you know, kids nowadays. Oh, these kids nowadays. It's like, may the force be with you. It's like, I don't know what that means, but I keep hearing it. It's a cool phrase. And what's funny... It's from some movie. I don't know. almost put it into context, too. Like, it's been used vaguely in context their whole Mm -hmm. lives, that Mm -hmm. they're almost able to successfully, like, spit that, spew that line back out. Within the correct context. Right. They just don't know what it means, right? right. Just like... They don't know where it's from or what it means right. or who said it. It's okay. My point, Brad. The dude is telling Walter what has happened. As far as he knows, and as far as we know, it's correct and accurate. There's the... Um, this is a visual note now. They're driving along the street. And the the streetlights are going by, even though it's bullshit, but whatever. But they are manipulating the light so that it goes from, you know, nice, soft, but illuminated light so we can see their faces, in particular the dude's face. And then it goes completely dark, like almost pitch black. And they use that pitch blackness where the light comes up and then goes down. They cut, or actually it's a little dissolve, short dissolve. When it's 
totally dark. They dissolve to then this um, mm-hmm. what do we drama, dramatization, so to speak. Right, that's what you called it, dramatization. Yes, of the titular Lebowski. But when he's there, we start to hear thunder, lightning. You know, right. so then that motivates because it would be weird if the titular Lebowski was there filling his briefcase with phone books and the scene was just going like dark to light, like pitch black to very bright. They motivate that lighting change with the sound of thunder. So then you assume lightning and then they use those dark periods to cut back and forth. There was never any million dollars. And he's putting the phone books in there, the Pacific bell phone books. And then they cut to bunny and, the titular Lebowski comes up. He's like, you got to get it under control. I don't know if you noticed that, but if you like try to tune out the dude's voiceover over that scene, okay, you can hear the titular Lebowski rolling up in his wheelchair to bunny in like almost a quasi cheerleading outfit, sitting on the couch, reading a, yeah. what I assume is a life magazine with a Marlboro ad on the back, which by the way, that Marlboro ad wasn't released until 1996. That's how I spent most of my day today, is researching when that particular image of the three cowboys with the sunset riding through the gate. It wasn't released in magazines until 1996. This is supposed to be 91. never anticipated someone with your tenacity to spend the day researching (laughs) Marlboro ads to poke this hole into their illusion. Couldn't you have found... You are the diamond that cuts through illusion, Adam. Couldn't you have found a Life magazine or Newsweek or... uh, Honestly, I couldn't figure out what fucking... I think it's a Rolling Stone, and I think it's... uh, I don't know. I put a link. I forget who it was, but I think it's a Rolling Stone. Sean Penn is on that cover. I think it's a Sean Penn Rolling Stone, because they have the large format magazine. You know this is a large format, but the spine looks too hard. But anyway... They didn't release this Marlboro Lights. It's a Marlboro Lights ad, which is supposedly the brand Walter smokes. But obviously we know that's not true. Till 1996. This is supposed to be 1991. Anyway, he rolls up to Bunny and it's like, you got to get this under control. He says something like, blah, 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 blah. You got to get this under control. And she's just like, has this hurt look like what? I'm just sitting here looking hot. Isn't that all you wanted? And then, boom, you know, you hear the thunder motivates another, like, dip to black. And then you cut back to the dude. Then you cut back and forth. What's funny, though, is, and this is where I think we might be able to examine something about whether these are actual, like, if this is reality or a dramatization. When the dude says, there was never any money in there. I don't have the verbiage. I'm not going to play the minute back right now, but, like there was never any money in there. And you see the titular Lebowski putting the Pacific bell, which are Beverly Hills specific phone books. So good on you for that. And the dude's like, there was never any money in there. The titular Lebowski kind of looks up as if he's been caught almost like he can hear the dude, like the dude's monologue. So that leads me to believe that maybe it just is the dude. Like his imagination, his dramatization, and it's not reality. Because you, you see the titular Lebowski, and as soon as the dude says that, it's like, 
the titular Lebowski's been caught. He looks up. He looks around. He looks over. He looks guilty. He looks guilty, but it also, I always felt like that was somehow his reaction to the thunder. Granted, I don't know why. <laughs> it's just the way my mind works during a movie. I'm not necessarily trying to like put things together. Well, I'm just no, kind of surfing the waves. So like I, I watch it and I'm just like, oh, there's thunder. And then he has that reaction. He's like reacting to the thunder. But look Why at it exactly. New, I don't know. But look at it with this new idea then. Until and like yeah, no, listen now to that the you dudes. say that. That's interesting. So you especially know, if he's just in the dude's mind, the dude's inventing another. these characters. So of course that character with the full knowledge of everything the dude knows, mm-hmm. and he's talking about it out loud, he would get freaked out. You know, because right. your mind, you know, can't and when the consistently dude- create an alternate reality like it takes a real sociopath to do that right and there was no thunderstorm earlier in the movie that this is a callback to no nope and a thunderstorm and rain in particular is an indication of change it's one of these conventions they use and here we see the shift in power from the titular lebowski to the dude as he's talking about like you know he yelled at me a lot but he didn't do anything so the dude is finally, like, taking control of this situation. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things. I think it works nicely, like, whether or not this is real or just a dramatization. I think it works nicely. You know, it's it's a nice use of that convention of weather indicating a change in uh, whatever, the arc of the story or the power structure or whatever. Nice work. Because it works on a visual level, mm-hmm. it works on a character level, a story level. So whatever issues we we might have with it, I think it's. I'm on board. I'm on board. I don't. I still don't know what's going on, but I'm on board with it. That's what I'll say. How about that? Okay. And did you notice there's another whip pan here? Uh, where's the whip pan? When they, to bunny? Yeah, the titular Lebowski rolls up and he's like, you got to get it under control. And then they whip pan over to her, reminiscent of the Jesus pointing his finger up, whip panning over to the triumvirate. But in this case, I think it's an honest to goodness whip pan. They don't cut. They don't cheat this one, right. I don't think. No, I don't think so. Seems legit. It's a legit whip pan. It's a legit whip pan. I'm not sure why they didn't. I thought it's a dying breed. The legit whip pan. Even earlier in the film, they had to cheat it. Not still not sure why they had to cheat that. Well, I think there was just two. As I recall, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It was a combination. I think of just getting the actors together, and then also, yeah, like trying to do both things in one take, like have. uh, Toturo do his great finger point maneuver and then cut over to the triumvirate having their discussion. I think it was just too much to do in one shot. I don't know if th- those words resonate <laughs> with the Cohen brothers, man. Right. They well, filmed they filmed a guy like instead of throwing a briefcase out of a window, they went so far as to like Somebody off screen threw a briefcase up into the air and they pretended that he caught it. I think that actually 
um, you know, supports my point in that they're willing to do some sort of trickery to make something easier. But that was only after they had exhausted all other options. Other options. Well, this this could have just been a yeah. Who knows what? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not saying you're wrong. Are you wrong? I don't know. I'm not saying I'm right either. So, Bunny's a time traveler? Is that what we're supposed to take from this? Because she has a um, a 1996 Marlboro, Marlboro, Marlboro ad? Say it again. Marlboro? See, now I'm the one that yeah. needs to break it down. I only know how to say that comfortably com- comfort comfortably see that's another thing comfortably say comfortably comfort comf- now i can't see? do it now that no. you're pointing you can't it say out shit me. now comfortably i can't say a single thing are you comfortable are you comfortable no comfortable? come on you never say that <laughs> no i don't say that you're but right but that's how you should say comfortable. it comfortable now you got me thinking about it i can't say it the right way are you comfortable you hijacked my mind <laughs> Are you comfortable? Yes, I am comfortable. How comfortable are you? Very comfortable. But you don't say that, do you? It's you say comf- trouble. Is that like a Pennsylvania thing? Or is, is that what Good everybody question. says? Yeah, I don't know. Tra, tra. Why do we reverse the sounds there? Com- the syllables. Are you the comfortable? Fuck? Comfortable. Comfortable. I'm comfortable Com- on this couch. Comfortable. No, it's comfortable. Yeah. Are you comfort-able? Yes, I am able of comfort because of my situation on this couch. It's very soft and warm. I want my carpet! <laughs> it was very comfortable! <laughs> I want my carpet. Well, anyway, Bunny might be a time traveler. I just think, like, five years... Somebody's got to have a Life magazine hanging around from, like, 91. It's not that long ago. I mean, if I can point this shit out, and, like, it's Just not like it's hidden. head over to your dentist office. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, it's right there, larger than life. You see this visual aid I presented to you. Like except, we, except. Except what? Oh, except no one knows when that Marlboro ad is from. I do. It didn't take too long, like three hours. Well, but they, in 1998, the internet wasn't what it was today. So they that couldn't was 17 have, years ago. They couldn't have predicted how easy it would be to like shoot down their entire movie. They couldn't have predicted that people would start doing this as a pastime. <laughs> you know, they just dropped down like eight notches. My respecto ladder. The Coens have? Yes. Because I could not have foreseen this. No. I had a web-based episodic series. That's true. On the books in, what, 1990, early 98, before this movie came out. Yeah, that's true. Didn't take off, though, but almost. You know, not everything's going to be early. A little too early for its time, you know? It's a little too... A little too proactive, perhaps. You gotta, like, well, ease people into some shit once in a while. Um, I don't, if you're looking at this visual aid of Bunny with her um, out-of-time 
Life magazine or Rolling Stone magazine. Look at the weird pool of light on the floor, like along the baseboard behind mm-hmm. her. Yeah. I mean, if you really think There's about how light. how that is motivated, that's kind of curious. Because the um, ostensibly you would think it's from this lamp that's on the table right behind her. And yet the surface of that table is not illuminated too much. I assume it's from like a window. I assume it's nighttime. Because if it was a window, it would illuminate like like it doesn't have defined edges. It would, which means it's cloudy, which means it's diffuse. So it would illuminate the whole space and not be so concentrated in this one area. Well, there's times that the sun is low. Or this is another one of these moon jobbers where it's like, yeah, the moon is out, but it's like really bright and it's like illuminating the room. The moon is even sharper than the sun when it comes to like defined edges. Well, this has defined edges. What defined edges? I thought that was the issue. I see no defined edges. Well, it's it's illuminating that. No, it's illuminating the the base there really brightly up taller on the wall. It's not. It's a, but there's not illuminating the whole room. It's focused somewhat. Point out. Perfect. You can't see like a circle on the wall. I mean, there's no defined edge here. It's just a very small, soft source. There's no edge to the light. Well, the moon doesn't have an edge. Yes, it does. It has, that's what I'm saying, it has an even sharper edge than the sun. Do you mean the, the, the edge would be the, the, the window edge? The window edge. Otherwise, the whole space would kind of like have a general glow to it. But this is well, like it's, it's confined a in like over a, the window. This is confined to like a three foot area. Where's the? We don't even see the window, so it's like oh, no, you don't. It's off camera, fifteen feet away, but it's like concentrated in this one little area, but doesn't have a defined. Come on, man! I've seen it happen. You know what? You take a picture of that shit and I'll believe you. It doesn't happen like that. I've seen like it that. happen. I thought you were I looking at I thought you were seeing the light. I am seeing the light. That's you're clearly, how I know. You're I've clearly not. Exactly like this all the time. You are clearly during not. During certain times of day. I challenge you, sir. I'll show you. This does not happen like this. I'll show you. I'll grab some uh, shots. Send them your way. Especially considering... The right side of her face, our left, is softly lit. So if you're contending that that light back there on the f- baseboard is from a window with a shade on it that the moonlight is coming through, or whatever light, mm-hmm. and it's illuminating the right side of her face and, like, whatever, ten feet back there, it wouldn't yeah. have this weird pool of light back there and illuminate this right side of her face. You're defying no, I just the physics of light right now. Well, I, I don't you know, know what? the physics of light. I just know what light looks like. You know what we should do? You and I, Brad, should try to recreate this shot and see what it takes. Because by by your rationale, by your logic, you should be able to just put some sort of diffusion on the window over there to the left, shine it through there, and then uh, maybe flag it off just so, and we should be able to recreate this. I think, so again, this would only work during certain times of day. <laughs> <laughs> but 
Yes. Ultimately, well, what I'm saying is... <laughs> what times of the day are those it times? It would look like this. Can you tell it me so I like can, like... to our eyes. Because sometimes I might want to do this, so can you give me some time stamps? Um, I think this has to be when the, when the sun or the moon is is lower in the sky to make this work. All right, man. And it would, and and it would have to kind of be like you said, it would have to be low, it would have to be outside the window. Um maybe, but again, it's not quite bright enough for that, so it could be the sun has just gone down or it could be maybe some hardcore shades diffusing that or it also could be um, it's a tiny cloudy, source, something like that. It's a tiny, tiny source that's been diffused, and it's right behind the couch, pointing over onto the wall. I'm not saying that's not what they did to create this look. I'm just saying what you're they saying created this, here mimics something that occurs in reality. You're saying this which can is why happen. they did it. <laughs> you're saying this can happen in reality. Of course. Well, that's a different question. Um, I think that you are describing a very, very, very particular set of circumstances. Um, Somewhat particular, but not uncommon. <laughs> not uncommon. Meaning like, yeah, throughout your life, you will come across this lighting from time to time. Naturally. You may not be able to just make it happen or be like, all right, tonight I'm going to wait and it's going to be like this because this window faces west and I can go here and blah, blah. Like, it won't. Like, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying it's not that either. But I have seen this light because I see the light. Yeah. I am the light seer. You know, I'm questioning that just because <laughs> I, this is a shot reverse shot situation and I can see if you rewind a little bit mm -hmm. you can see the titular Lebowski roll up in his chair and say get it under control or whatever and he's got a pretty washed out light on his face few shadows kind of a general illumination I just and but with like darkness in the background and and I just don't see these two uh, keep in mind now, there's a whip pan here, so it is the same physical space. I don't see this happening except for some very careful engineering. And you're saying, like, they're doing this because this is something they see in real life, and I disagree completely. They're doing something that you would never see in real life to simulate something. But it's not something you'd actually ever see. It's just tricking us. Like, even these car shots, when the dude and Walter are in the car, that's... It's not what you see. They just... They have to do it different. It's a different medium. It's not real life. It's nothing like real life. It's far from it. And I'm not saying it matters. I'm not saying it's bad, mind you. I'm just saying, shit like this? Nah. They got a light right behind the couch, splashing onto the floor... Just to give the right side of the frame some visual interest so it's not so... They probably didn't have it there at first. But it's they, weird that also that that would be so bright. Like so much brighter than Bunny's face. 
Like, it seems like, at least on paper, you would be like, oh, well, you don't want to illuminate. Why would you illuminate that wall so brightly? You're going to take away from the subject. Well, but but it, well, I'm not. But it works. It works. It works. I think part of it is because you. It's almost like this, maybe a halo effect. Mm-hmm. You know, where you're illuminating the background, and yes, right. it's brighter than her face, but like, and it gives that the, it gives a lot out. of depth. It does it gives a big sense of depth. That like that's the background, and and she's in the foreground. It definitely does that, especially since they're dollying into her. Mm-hmm. Which. Let me say, nice uh, rack focus there. Because that's not a zoom, that's a dolly. So there's a guy on the side of the dolly, like, dialing in the focus. Because as they get closer to her, he has to turn a little dial and, like, lock it in. And another nice fade to black, cut back to the dude. Let me see what else I got here. Um... The briefcase is really denty, but I spent so much time looking up Marlboro Light ads that I didn't have too much time to go back and see if... Because when the dude, whether it's a dramatization or not, when we see the titular Lebowski putting the phone books in the briefcase, there's a lot of dents all over that silver mm-hmm. briefcase. It's from all those times they were trying to throw it. Exactly, right? So I meant to go back. <laughs> we might have to revisit it. I meant to go back and like see if I could you was, know, was, find a was, pristine metal briefcase. But I don't know if we're going to be able to do that. And I don't think on air is the time when no, that on should happen. The time, but yeah, there is but, a lot of dents. A lot of dents, because I kept I'll, throwing I'll, it. I'll, I'll but they weren't throwing that. that. They were throwing Walter's Dirty Walter's Undie Walter's Dirty thing. Undies, yeah. But, they, but the dude was kind of, like, slamming it around in the car when Walter, like, rolled out. 20 MPH, yeah. 15 MPH, he rolls, and the dude's, like, throwing it around. So maybe that's one of those little things where... They know they have to do a little montage scene with the titular Lebowski putting the phone books in the briefcase, but they didn't think about it like to that level of like chronological order for the film. So maybe the, the, these are some of the pickups they did later on in the production. You got to get the main stuff first. Like if you don't get this shot of the titular Lebowski stuffing the metal briefcase with the phone books you can live without it like you can find a way around that but you must have the bridge scene so they shot the most important stuff first you know you do the boulders then the rocks then the sand unless your movie's about sand in which case you start with the sand well even if your movie's about sand then yeah you start with the sand but then you do like the atoms and the molecules the molecules and the atoms then Right. You do the most important shit first, is my point. And the little montage sequence, like, the dude's VO, they could have found a way around that, but they couldn't have found a way around the whole bridge scene and the botched right. handoff. Right. You gotta shoot that. So I think, like, maybe it's just a million moving things in place, and maybe they kind of beat this briefcase up a little bit. And then shot this because, eh, who gives a fuck? Nobody's going to notice, right? Probably not, but I don't know. 
How about this one? Ready? I'm ready. Lay it on me. This is, and I don't think I ever noticed it, but we have another Carter Burwell original piece. Uh, oh, here. yeah. Yeah, I know. I definitely noticed that. Shit. Um, I mean, I assumed it was a Carter Burwell original. Well, what assume. else would it really be? Well, what else was he hired to do then? Because <laughs> right. he wrote three songs for this. Is there anything else he did? That's a pretty good gig. He wrote the uh, uh, Dick on a Case, right? Right. This, whatever this is called. And what was the, the other one? The um, the Nihilist mu- yeah, music. Right. The Autobahn original. Right. right. That they play in the parking lot. Right. In the fight scene. <laughs> I mean, but like there the Cohen brothers were with Carter Burwell talking about sound and music. But he only wrote three pieces in like three very short scenes. Yeah, I guess. Are, are we missing something here? I mean, we, we've definitely taken, taken the time to like notice the music and all. I feel like it. I mean, I close my eyes and listen to the, mu- the minute over and over, just listening to the sounds of it. I feel like there's only three original pieces. Don't get me wrong, that's a big deal to write three original pieces, but I mean, don't you think, like, no offense, Carter, I love you and I love your work, but don't you think, like, it would have been better served to have Mary Zoffries on the panel? I mean, I guess it was the psychology of audio and in particular music that that panel was talking about, so... I guess he'd be the most qualified, but I don't think he had the most input. Well, were they talking about Big Lebowski specifically? They were talking about... No, they were talking about... Because he did a lot of work in their other films. Yeah, I guess that's true. Right, like True Grit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Raising Arizona. Yeah, I just remember the one when Jeff Bridges is like riding the horse. Here is it without music here it is with music but yeah yeah good point we get a couple of sporadic thurston yips while we're in the van so we know thurston is there thurston's there he's still watching thurston <laughs> so, so it's good to know he didn't leave thurston behind but the, how many days is this how long has he been watching thurston well that's my question like is he still watching thurston or is this another Thurston session? Yeah, good point. She's always laying Thurston, laying, laying uh, Thurston <laughs> on Walter. Laying the heavy shit down on him. But he doesn't mind. He doesn't mind. He likes it. Because he's thinking there's a chance. Well, uh, I have a problem. Trust me, I'm almost done here, but I want to okay, get okay. through these. I don't want to have all these revisits. Loose late. ends. Right. All right, do it. At 95.46, the yes. dude's going off about how he's putting it all together, and it's like, right. you know, he yelled a lot, but he never asked for the, like, he knows we didn't deliver the money, but he never asked for it back, but he did ask for it back in the limo. He did? At 49.17. Where's my money, you bum? They did not receive the money. He's in the limo. He doesn't spill his drink. 
There's a beverage here, man. That whole scene. Yeah. Where's my money, you bum? They did not receive right. the money. Sure. See? So he did. So what I'm well, saying is, yeah, this is like, maybe these flashbacks or dramatizations are not, in fact, truth. Well, he says... Anonymous Kraken. Where's the money? They did not receive the money. Brad, are we splitting in, hairs in, here? In, but instead of saying, give me it back, I obviously made a mistake in listing your help. He's just like, all right, I'm going to tell them to go after you now. You know, and if these I nihilists, understand what you're saying, but like that's and if a little... these nihilists actually are the kidnappers and they actually did contact him and say, we didn't get the money. What are you trying to pull? He might even think that, um, you know, he might even think that the dude made the proper handoff. And now he's just playing mind games saying, like, what the fuck? You fucked it up. Expecting the dude to say, no, I fucking did it. What do you mean? Whereas instead, he's just like, well, let me see what's going on, you know. Does the titular Lebowski think that Bunny's been kidnapped? Yes. In both scenes. Which which are the both scenes? In the limo. Mm-hmm. Where they first brace him after the botched handoff. Yeah. And in the dramatization... Where, well, I guess obviously the dramatization. So when they brace him in his mansion, when Bunny returns, does he still think <laughs> that she had been kidnapped and somehow escaped? Well, no, at that point, she re- he realizes she was never kidnapped when she shows up in her car. But until that moment where she arrives and drives her car into the fountain, he believes that she has been kidnapped. I don't know. I'm going to just go with yes, even though I can't argue that the answer couldn't be no. I'm just going to choose to believe yes, since I have to pick one or the other. I kind of think I agree with you, like, yes, but also, like, only a 30% yes, and, like, a (laughs) minimal amount of research would have confirmed that no, in fact, she was not kidnapped. He just chooses not to do that research at all. Right. Like make right. one phone call or do any little bit of anything. Just like, well, I got this ransom note. I better not get even, a million dollars. <laughs> not like even 30 percent, like 20 percent. Like, ah, this is 80 percent bullshit. But I have all the proof I need. I'm just going to take the million dollars. I need the million dollars. Get my wife back. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm on board. I'm on board, man. I like it. I had a cunning linguist try to um, translate what the nihilists were saying in the restaurant. Ah, okay. So Amy Mann is there, Mm -hmm. as we've noted. She's got her toe cut off. That's Mm -hmm. Peter Stormare's girlfriend, because she is looking to him for a translation. And the, uh, I don't even know his name, but the long-haired one there who's sitting next to her is just Mm -hmm. looking at her with all this disgust. He's like, what do you want to order? He says something in German. And she can't speak German. She says something along the lines of, like, something about, like, something half, like, three pancakes. I guess the order, the typical order is five pancakes, and she wants half or something. It's like three pancakes. 
And then Peter Stormare says, uh, lingonberry pancakes. He just doesn't even give a shit. She doesn't want the whole order. She wants a half order. This is what I got from it. Like three pancakes, okay. not five. But then the, and then we pan down to, or tilt down to her foot and we see her toe and that's a plot point there. Yay. Mm-hmm. But then the long haired dude, you can hear him like he is just irritated like to no end right now. And he starts this like diatribe of like just German stuff. But he's speaking so fast that my cunning linguist couldn't, couldn't translate all of it, but she got some of it. It was like something about like, this whole thing is shit, which you could hear him say like, something, 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 scheisse. Right. Which is basically is just like German for poop deck. Next time on Gutterball. 3,000 years of beautiful tradition for Moses to Sandy Koufax. You're goddamn right I'm living in the fucking past.